Yeah, I've been thinking about doing that because I've been just, I don't know. Nah. Now, who could argue with a point that's that well articulated? <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Avengers Spotlight! You know how on Facebook when somebody puts something up in a foreign language, it'll say C translation underneath it? Yeah. And you can click on it and it'll give it to you right. in English? Uh, a while back, Hero put on my page, he put like the Arnold Schwarzenegger thing. It was like, la, 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 that he, he wrote it out. Yeah. And for some reason it said underneath it, I don't know why, but it said C translation. <laughs> so I clicked on C translation and you know what it was when it was translated? The, the, the. It still said, la, la, la. <laughs> Apparently, it's the same in any language. <laughs> Ninja Spotlight, eh? We're all here. We're all together. How's that Corvac doing? Corvac, we're chugging along. We're chugging along on Corvac. This is episode... Blah, 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 blah. Uh, I'll tell you Where which are we? Oh, wait, wait. I'll tell... Oh, excuse me. A little gassy. <laughs> Always a little gassy. Ah, uh, let's see. We are on episode. Well, we had the Ant Man one, so what is this like? Sixteen? Yes, sixteen. This will be sixteen. Sweet sixteen. Avengers Saga Part Six. Part Sace. Have we started yet? I don't know. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode sixteen of Avengers Spotlight Part Six. A lot of sixes in there. You know what? There's a 616 in there if you reverse the numbers a little bit. How interesting. But the 616 universe doesn't really exist anymore by uh, Marvel standards, now does it? Because the 1610 and the 616 universe crashed together in in, oh. uh, in uh, Secret World. Which, where I'm going with this is there's also a Korvac tie-in that I happen to see. Um, yeah, the, I don't know how many issues that's going to be. I think there's only two out so far. Yeah. But we're going to probably have to touch on that when we do our post-Korvac uh, Korvac books. Or, well, he's back? Um, I haven't mm, read them yet. I don't know. I've seen the first one, a little bit of it. Um, it's. I'm not sure if you're really aware of what's going on in... No, Super I'm really behind right now. I don't know if you want me to spoil anything about it either. Uh, no, because I do intend to get caught up. Okay, then we won't mention it right right now. Those okay. of you that are reading Secret Wars know kind of what's going on. So we'll just say it's more of the same fare for the Secret Wars world and, and, and what goes on with the different tie-ins. You'll, you'll know what that means if you're reading. So, shh. Keep it secret for Scott, please. 
So anyway, uh, we are tonight going to cover issue 173 of Avengers Spotlight. But before we do that, uh, do we have any new Avengers news? Ant-Man's been doing good, I guess, or did for fairly well. The- hey, that that reminds me. I never got to voice my opinion on Ant-Man. It seems like everybody and their brother Oh, sorry, Ant-Man we're out of time. Show. we got to go. Oh, dick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, go, go ahead, go ahead. I was just saying. Uh, no, just call him a dick again. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick move, man. Um, no, but just in brief, uh, I really enjoyed the movie a lot. I, I really did. I mean, it didn't you know change my life or anything. It was... It, this is going to sound like a very strange thing to say, but it was kind of what I expected. I mean, I, I expected to go and it would be a, a, a new Marvel movie with kind of a, a new uh, formula applied to the underlying superhero genre. And I just expected to go and, and have a good time. And that's exactly what I got out of it. And uh, yeah, I was well pleased with it. I really enjoyed it. I wish uh, I had the time and money to go uh, go see it again because I really did get a kick out of it. Um I went. It was just me and uh, and my youngest boy Logan. We went to see it together, but he really liked it as well. And uh, I like it because without them beating you over the head with it or coming right out and say it, I feel like once again the universe expanded um, for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, it wasn't as overt as like say when they did it in like Iron Man Two, where you could tell, okay, this is them attempting to break open the universe a little bit. Um, you know, it was a lot more subtle than that, but it was also kind of on the same level as like Guardians, where you could kind of feel like, okay, this just expanded their universe quite a bit. Now, I think the whole thing with him getting lost in the quantum realm and all that okay. at the end, I think that's going to play out somewhere else. And I, I think there was just a lot of little, a little, uh, not well, Easter eggs, but just, you know, seeds planted that I think are going to pan out elsewhere. So I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good movie. So do you think it kind of expanded it a little bit into um, that we saw some more of early S.H.I.E.L.D. where they were making the Ex- yeah. in the beginning of the movie where you got to see Howard Stark. So Howard Stark was alive up into the eight, up into the late 80s. Right. At least. Well, you know. One of the things that uh, I won't say it bugged me, but one of the things I've, it's definitely been on my mind ever since the Nick Fury tag scene at the end of the very first one, you know, of, of Iron Man was when he comes in and he's like, so you think you're the first superhero in the world and all that? And I'm thinking, well, yeah, he kind of is. And then they've been slowly um, kind of retconning it, you know, because then when we got Captain America, we OK, so Captain America was the first superhero. But still, there was that wide open space between 19, whatever, 45 or whatever. Yeah. And whenever Iron Man came, what was that, 2008? So that's, you know, I mean, that's like a 60 year stretch. So now we're starting to even shade that in. And mm-hmm. we see that, you know, there was an Ant-Man, there was a Wasp, you know, there were there were these other things going on. There was other adventures. I mean, sure, we'd been teased and we've been getting pieces of like S.H.I.E.L.D. history with Agent Carter and stuff, but... I wanted to know specifically, were there other superheroes? Not just S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, as the agency, but specifically superheroes. And we're learning, yes, there were. And so that's where I think this thing is really blowing wide open to where they'll have to be very careful just how much retconning they do and, and, and trying to keep it believable within the timeline that's already been established. But now that you've established the fact that in that 60-year period between when Cap disappeared and Iron Man debuted, 
that you actually could start shading that area in. And if there's heroes that you don't necessarily want to play with modern day, you could use some of them in a, in a historical context. So I think that's exciting. I think that that, you know, like I said, the same way that Guardians blew wide open the cosmic side of Marvel, I think that Ant-Man kind of blew wide open kind of the historical side of Marvel. So now you can, I mean, you could do superheroes in so many great eras now. You could do 50s stories. You could do 60s and 70s stories. And I, I think that's really exciting. So I'm, you know, it really pumped me up for, for where they're going to go from here. Well, I mean, you, I know that, uh, oh, I mean, like, like we, uh, what was it? Byrne did that. What was it? Marvel's The Lost Generation. Yeah. That was yeah. like the 50s. Yeah. Well, you know, we've we've seen, you know, retcons to, you know, where there were 50s Avengers teams and things like that. I'm, I'm not talking specifically so much like super obscure um, mm-hmm. characters or what, but, you know, say, um, well, like in this instance, you know, we got that there was an original Ant-Man and there was the Wasp because I didn't really expect there to be a Wasp in this movie. And we didn't get that. What we got was that historically there was a wasp. And I thought that was a really cool idea. So, you know, if, if there turns out to be certain heroes that they don't necessarily want to play with in a, in a modern day context, maybe they can retrofit them into the the historical past of the MCU. And I'm I'm trying to think of a really good example, and I'm kind of blanking at the moment. But I mean... You know, take the Avengers, you know, the comic book Avengers, the the massive roster that there's been for that team over the years. And, you know, they're not going to do every one of those characters, you know, in in a, uh, you know, in the live action format and everything. But there's some of them that they could take and use them in a in a historical context. So at one time they were active and now they're not for whatever reason. I just I think that's an interesting idea. It's a, it'd be an interesting way to play with more characters than they've even got right now. And and you can, I don't know. They can play with some of that in uh Agent Carter as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they mm-hmm. can play with it in Agent Carter and uh you know, they can play with it in uh, in TV projects and stuff like, you know, what they're doing with Netflix or whatever. I mean, I, I like it because it just I, I really want to see this thing continue to roll along. I mean, we know that these guys are going to age and some of them are going to kind of um, age out of the roles and things. But I think there's great potential that if you keep it going and you blow the universe wide open enough that it's OK if. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. You know, ages out of Iron Man. You just kind of, you know, he kind of just falls away as a character, and you focus on, you know, some other characters, and and so that way it becomes virtually infinite. You know, you you've got just infinite places to go, and you're not putting all of your eggs in one franchise basket. You're diversified all over the place, and I think that's brilliant. And I think that sort of thing, if they can keep the quality up. You can ride that train for a long time, you know. Yes, and I, no. I think that's their goal. Because I, you know, when when Robert Downey Jr. is too old to play the part, which realistically isn't that far down the line, right? Uh, I don't want to see the character of Iron Man no longer, you know, be being able to be used, right? So I think you focus on other characters for a while. And then maybe you get back to Iron Man after a few years, after you know Robert Downey Jr. has been gone long enough that you're not right. You're not 
directly replacing him. Right, exactly. That's yep, exactly. that I'm cool with. But if you they kinda, just say kind of James Bond the whole thing, yeah, yeah. But I don't want it to be that that uh, you know he owns the character, so once he's gone, we can never use that character again. I don't want that to be the case. Because mm-hmm. I, I think you know, I think they could actually. I think it could go either way. I think it could work the way you're saying. And I agree with you. There's certain characters that I don't want to see just because the actor ages out that they like retire that character. But potentially they could do that, I think. Well, they could always give Rhodey the machine, uh, you know. Right. Uh, but War Machine's not Iron Man. Sorry. Right. No, but he was Iron Man before he was War Machine. I mean, in the right. comics. So. Right. But no, ultimately, I, I'm with you, Paul. Ultimately, I, you know, I don't want to see, you know, Iron Man and, and Cap and Thor, you know, taken permanently off the table. I really don't want that. I'm just saying that to a degree, if we did lose, say, say Iron Man, just say Iron Man. Could the you know, could the Marvel Cinematic Universe survive without Iron Man? I think at this point, I think it could. I think it's it's steamrolling along well enough now that it could survive without him. But I, I, I think I don't you, think you, you need to lose. you can't have them all age out at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you could. I don't think you could afford to lose too many of them. You could. Like, you could kind of let Chris Evans be Captain America and have him be the focal point and let Iron Man take a back seat or or even go away for a little while. Right. And then when you bring Iron Man back with a new actor playing the part. Enough time has gone by that it doesn't really matter. I right. would try and steer clear for of anything which they haven't totally done, but anything that puts specific years on things. You know, I think that's a mistake when they do it in the comics, and I think it's a mistake if they do it in the movies too. Yeah. If you that don't is... put specific years on things, you could always go with that compressed time thing where, you know, not much not too much time has gone by in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. But when you start saying this happened in 1986 and this happened in 1993, now you're starting to put distinct States numbers on. on things. And the more years that go by, the more it's going to stand out that they did that. Mm. Well, I mean, to a degree, that's always going to happen, though, because just by the nature of film and the nature of where some of the movies are going to be set, like, say, Avengers is in, you know, it's clearly in New York and, and there's certain landmarks and references and all it's always gonna to be tied to a certain time but i agree with you so long as they're not terribly specific about exactly what year it is and all that then i I think they can fudge those things i do think that that was one of the uh the major flaws of thor the dark world as much as i really really enjoyed that movie i felt like they made a colossal mistake by placing the movie pretty much exactly the number of years since the first one, I, I really felt like what they should have done was it's you know it's just it's an unspecified amount of time later you know like eight months or something, mm-hmm. but instead they made it what like two and a half years later and she references that fact, and to me that really took a lot away from the movie because she kind of seemed like she was trying to move on with her life, and. Bitch. He didn't really, to me, sell this idea that he was just heartbroken and pining for her the entire time either. It just that part of it didn't ever really work for me. The adventure part of it did. The love story didn't only because if you're this nuts about this girl, why are you going to let almost three years go by? You know, that that to me just never 
quite came across in that one, but I don't know. Now, well, that's the one thing I don't want to see happen, though, is I really don't want to see them make some of the same idiotic mistakes as the comics have made in recent years where, you know, say Chris Evans ages out of the role. So they make the Falcon the new Captain America or, you know, Chris Hemsworth uh, ages out of Thor. So they put a girl as, you know, I don't want to see that stupid shit because to me, that's just gimmicky crap, you know. That I I don't know I guess they're trying to do it to sell comics but I hate that. Hey man, know? Thor wasn't worthy to lift that hammer. Whatever. But yeah, but blankety whispered in his ear, man. But blankety blank was I won't say who in case nobody knows who. Oh I know I mean I know who it is. Thor girl Thor girl. Yeah. Thorina. Yeah. Thor I thought having Aunt May be worthy was just ridiculous, man. <laughs> She could pound a hell of a wheat cake. Hey, 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 hey. That's uh, Marissa Tomei you're talking about there. <laughs> oh, my oh God. God. Well, you know, Marissa Tomei is, is right around 50-ish. That's how old the aunt of a 15-year-old boy is supposed to be. She's younger than she's you. Not supposed to I don't be care how old she's supposed to be. You look at Aunt May in Amazing Fantasy number five, uh, fifteen. Yeah, she's like that 90. bitch is like a hundred and three years old. But but she looks she she Scott, makes Agatha Harkness look young. Scott, you, you hate that Aunt May. <laughs> what? I said you hate that Aunt May. Yes, I do. Why would you want them to portray her that way in the movie? Because that's the way she is in the comics. And I always think that was a mistake in the comics. Well, yes, but that's, I didn't like. That's I don't like the fact that every parent, every adult, has to be like an old white-haired, you know, old codger. You know, Gwen Stacy's father was was ninety. Aunt May was yeah. ninety. It's like, come on. Hey, hey, least, hey! It's the one thing they got right in the movies. You know, what's his name? Uh, Dennis Leary is in his mid fifties. No, that's how old the father no, of a teenage uh, girl should be. No. Hey. Not like I'm you, not Bill. Kidding. What did you start having kids when you were 13? I don't know, about 27. Well, but, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, mid-40s yeah, I know, I know. to mid-50s, that's that's a good age for the parent of a teenage child. Not 75. Not all right, all right. Hey, 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 hey. Let's not have this divisive talk. Anybody see that Fantastic Four movie? <laughs> Crickets. What? The Corman one? I love that movie. <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne was great as a Silver Surfer. And there was some other one that was out this weekend. I don't know what that was. What? Foursquare? I don't know. I don't know what that is. Or was it last weekend? Or who knows? It's probably out of theaters by now. I don't know what that is. (laughs) It's going to be out fast. Coming soon to a red box near you. (laughs) Like next week, probably. Well, you know, begging to make their movie back, uh, some money back on that. I try to be open-minded. I really do, and usually I am. And I, 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 I'm, I'm pretty tolerant of a lot of movies that I probably shouldn't like. Is the Fantastic Four like forbidden fruit, tainted? You know, salt of the earth. You know, that like the. Like even if Marvel got it back, is anybody going to go see it? Or I mean, I would think that absolutely if, they will. Well. If they get it back, I would if they think do it right. They would have to. That's the thing. I don't think I would jump and like put them into their own movie straight out. I don't know if like work them in, into like no. bits and no. pieces and then move up to their own movie. I, I agree with you that it's going to be a harder sell now because essentially they've had, you know, three opportunities. 
And while I personally kind of enjoyed the first two movies, I will also agree that they, you know, they missed the mark. They, they were, I mean, they were fun little time wasters. They weren't really, you know, I mean, they were not great Fantastic Four movies. This, this last one, there's no way I'm seeing that movie because it just, it insults me. I look at it and I go, you are just, you're just blatantly telling me we don't care about the comics. We didn't even consult the comics with this movie. And, and I think that's the lesson to be learned here. And man, I pray to God that DC is paying attention to what's going on with Fantastic Four because they did it to themselves. They were arrogant about it. And they came right out and sent the very clear message that we don't care about the comics. We, we're not doing the comics. We're going to do our take. And it's like, have you not learned anything from the Marvel Cinematic Universe? People want the flavor of the comics. I mean, no, you don't have to do a a line per line literal adaptation, but try to capture what was great about these things. I mean, the Marvel Universe has been around since the early 60s. It's over 50 years old and it's been strong and it's been popular and millions of people around the world cherish these characters and they cherish them for a reason because of the the impact that they've had on their lives so to take these things and do nothing but take the name and do your artistic take and put some shit on the screen that just you know utterly insults you know the very people that you're trying to reach out to i mean we should be past that shit by now that's like 80s and 90s comic book movies by this point now we live in a world where we've had you know iron man and the avengers and guardians and these great movies that have while again while they haven't been necessarily literal adaptations they have honored that material and they've embraced it and they've really worked hard to bring the comic book feel to the big screen in such a way that that fans everywhere love them and embrace them and go damn that's my whatever iron man or captain america whatever on the big screen i love this because it feels authentic they're not taking the character and twisting it and and altering it and bastardizing it to try to whatever the hell dc's trying to do right I, i've even lost track of what i think they're trying to do at this point it, it almost feels to me like somebody's intentionally trying to sabotage dc comics you know because they're, they're just every property they take they they just feel this need to sully it and twist it and darken it and i just don't understand what the hell they're going for but I really hope they're paying attention to Fantastic Four because I I think the fans are getting fed up with this shit. What yeah, the Fantastic hell Four is, are you? Yeah, well, whatever, I mean, whatever we're getting with Superman v. Batman, they're not changing it based on Fantastic Four. They're done filming. Right. So we're going to get whatever it is we're going to get. And I it's going to sink and swim on its own. Right. I don't expect that film to come out and bomb like Fantastic Four has done. But I do expect that that one will come out. And basically, I, I think it's going to be at least as big a, uh, a a big divisive thing, you know, that's going to cut fandom right down the middle, like, say, Man of Steel did. At the very least, I think it'll do that. But I think it's even going to be a bigger 
thing. I think it's going to be even, you know, make an even greater divide than that first movie did because, man, I've, I've been watching it from the sidelines on this thing and it's getting ugly. I mean, there are people that are just, you know, ready to get like violent over how much they hate what's being done with this movie. It's, it's been, it's been pretty crazy to watch. I, I'm part of a couple of, uh, of Facebook groups that are basically just devoted to, you know, watching the development of all this. And it's just kind of humorous to just sit back and watch, you know, what's going on with it. And, uh, I think much like say the Star Trek movies, I think they've lost many more people than they had the first time around. You know, I think there were a lot of people that were willing to give Man of Steel a chance. And while it wasn't necessarily the movie they wanted, they, you know, um, trying to think of how to say it without being, it's, it's, it's like they, you know, it wasn't what they wanted, but they, they accepted it anyway, kind of thing. But I think second time around, I don't know that a lot of fans are going to be as forgiving because I think that they expect that DC and the writers and, and the director will have learned some things and, and be more willing to give the fans more of what they expected the first time around. And I don't think that's happening. I don't, I really think that the powers that be behind this movie, they're doing whatever the hell they want and piss on the fans. That that's been my take anyway, because I've, you know, I have no intention to see the movie yet. I've kept up with the production and everything. And I've seen the trailers and all that. And it looks like it's even more of a piss in the face to the fans than the first one was. So I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see how the whole thing goes down. But at this point, I don't consider myself invested anyway. So let them do whatever the hell they want. I just hope that long term, it doesn't hurt the characters that I really care about. I hope that someday some of these characters, <clears throat> pardon me, can come back from this, you know? I don't know. I used to feel very much that, well, that's it. They've ruined that character. But, you know, these characters have survived a lot of shit in the, in the time they've been around, you know? I mean, Superman's been around 75 years now. He's weathered some tough times. He's had some shitty incarnations before. So, yeah, who knows? He could come back around. Yeah, you can be good again. Yeah, exactly. I know, like, with Fantastic You're Four... You're just in a slump. <laughs> with Fantastic Four, everything I saw coming leading up to it said to me, you don't want to see this movie. Mm-hmm. And as it went on, what my, my point of view was, I'm not going to go see this movie. The only way I would even think about it is if someone who whose opinion I respect saw it and said... You know, to me personally, oh, you, you'd be surprised. You'll enjoy this. And then maybe I would consider it. But that hasn't happened. No. And uh, I'm not going to see it. I'm not going to put any money in their pockets. I'm going to vote against what they did, the, the going against the spirit of the movie by not giving them money. And then I think what's going to ultimately happen is it'll show up on a channel that I have anyway that I'm not actually paying specifically to get this movie. And I'll watch it. And what I have found really humorous, though, is that, you know, there's been so many people I know, and a lot of these people, whether they meant to or not, 
you know, whether they were being vindictive about it or not, really gave me a lot of shit about not going to see Man of Steel or not going to see Star Trek Into Darkness. Really gave me a lot of shit about passing judgment on the movie just based on the trailer. Yet they've done the same thing with Fantastic Four. They were like, well, just look at it. It looks like shit. It's going to be a terrible... I'm skipping this because it looks awful. Which is, that's the same thing I did with those two movies and got lambasted for it. But, you know, I'm of the opinion that, you know, I don't have to lick the turd to know it's going to taste like shit. You know what I mean? And I just looked at that movie and thought, I don't want to see this. It looks awful. And but at some I, point I'm gonna lick the turd when it's on, you know, TNT. <laughs> you tell me if it tastes like shit. All right. It probably will. It's you know, you know what's gonna, my expectation when I see this movie, and like I said, I will eventually watch it on TNT or TBS or USA or whatever freaking channel it's on. And I bet you my opinion of it is gonna be somewhere at the pretty low level of a movie like Ghost Rider, which I don't really didn't really like that much. Uh, Superman v Batman. I have. I'm. I'm undecided right now. To me, honestly, I agree with you on the trailer. I think it looks like shit. I thought it looked. But but awful. I thought the trailer for Man of Steel looked like shit. And I, you know, I know we disagree. But I enjoyed Man of Steel, even though I thought the trailer looked like shit. And, and I mean that's fine. But I mean I I just I saw that Batman versus Superman one. When it when it debuted, I watched it and I I came away from that and my lasting impression was for one it was way too dark for two and i'm not talking like dark in content i mean dark like you know like they like they just didn't have proper lighting or something i thought it looked really really fucking cheesy i mean really cheesy and it looked incredibly amateurish i mean it it looked like a fan film made by fans that don't really understand the characters and just want to see those two tussle. And it was weird because as soon as it hit, there were pretty much only two reactions. It was either, wow, that really looks like shit, or a whole lot of people going, oh my God, that's the most awesome thing I've ever seen in my life. And what was really shocking to me was some of those oh my god reactions were by people that I just go, dude, really? You sh- you ought to know better. <laughs> it really surprised the shit out of me. And I know I'm going to take hell for that, but I don't care. That's just how I felt about it. I was kind of like, that's it? Yeah. That's and people were losing like, their minds over I'm it. like, oh, okay. He can whisper and he can get wet. <laughs> what, what's, what's going on here? Ooh, red-eyed Superman. Ooh. Yeah, I just I have no interest. It's it's a it's a I don't, big old, it's a big old wank fest, and I have I just have no interest. It looks parts like of Man of Steel I like, parts I didn't. I've seen the movie a few times since then. If it's because it's it, it's been on, I haven't walked away from it. You know, I can do other things while I'm watching it. I I, I don't know what I'm gonna do when the next one comes out. I don't know. I might wait and see what you know, like like Paul. Just I might wait and see what a few other people say, what they think of it before I spend my money on it. And Star Trek, the next Star Trek movie, Ooh, I don't know about that. I was so so mad, so mad when I saw Into Darkness, especially the last. My kids all st- stopped and looked at me. 
because I had my arms crossed and I was st- just had my just staring at the screen like, just hurry up and get the movie over. I'm done. <laughs> you know, because they're they're like looking at me to smile and stuff, and I'm just like, all right, come on, enough. They they took my money. I paid for all three of you to come in here and all the popcorn and everything we ate. And this is this is what I get. I get a retread of Wrath of Khan. Whatever. Well, see, here's the thing, and, and please don't take this like I'm attacking you or something, but I, I'm serious about this question. How much more do they have to piss on you before you'll go, I said, I'm out, I'm out. I'm, I, I, you know, you can make 15 more of these. I'm not going to any of them. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I don't. I don't really think I'm going to see the third one. I'm not going to pay it. I don't think I'm not going to spend money in the theater to see the third one. I'm not. I don't I'm, care. I'm buying like three tickets and I'm just going to sit in one and I just want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, say Scott, Scott would be here and Bill would be here. Yeah. As far as, as, far as they're concerned, Back to the Bins was there. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm serious about that, though. I mean, there, you know, I, I just. I don't know. I think we've talked about this before, so I don't want to belabor a point. But I, I think sometimes I think for a lot of people, the the fandom, the level of fandom that they have becomes almost like battered wife syndrome where they just keep coming back time and again. You know, they keep taking back that abusive husband because they think it's going to change or something. He's going to change. And exactly. Gonna, he said he's not going to do it anymore. And I just wonder, how much do you need to get your ass kicked before you're finally like, that's it, I'm done. I'm not doing this shit anymore. And I crossed that line a long time ago. I, I'm not going to let you know, certain franchises shit on me as a fan anymore. I'm not financially supporting their shit anymore. If they're not giving me what I want, I mean, you know, all my life I've I've given my money to to DC Comics and to Star Trek and to some of these other franchises that I feel at this point, you know, are, are blatantly for one, they're blatantly ignoring me as a fan and what I want, but also they're they're blatantly insulting me, and it's like why would I continue to pay money for that and. I don't well, know. I mean, it, I'm not trying to put myself on a pedestal, but I'm just surprised that more fans don't feel that way. That more fans don't go to these movies, get really pissed off, go on the internet and vent for three years, but then when the next one comes out, they go right back to the friggin' movie theater again. And it's like, you have you have you not learned anything? If it's gonna piss you off and you feel this insulted by it, don't don't give them money anymore. It it really t- I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe there's something wrong with me, but I just think that that's a no-brainer. Why would you continue to give somebody money to insult you? I just don't understand it. I really don't. Somebody's got to clue me in because I just don't get it. I mean, I think it's an illness at this point, don't you? I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, I mean, the the first Star Trek reboot, I... Yeah, I mean, I understood what what they were going for, and what I really hoped in the second, and I think I've said this before, is like, okay, let's see something new, and I, and I didn't get that. But 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 more to your point, um, yeah, I mean, maybe I was a battered wife for that second movie, but you know, and I, and I'm scared with Star Wars coming up. It's like you know, we got the same guy, J.J. Abrams. Mm-hmm. What what are we gonna see here? Now, I I liked 
these How did this Star become Trek a movie review going? podcast? Huh? How did this become a movie review podcast? Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I liked the 2009 Star Trek. And then when they did Into Darkness, I liked it up until they turned it into The Wrath of Khan. Until they decided to do it, make it a uh, let's let's reenact the scenes. That was that was the point where they lost me. But I I, I was okay other than that. And I, I think I was uh, I was the least offended of everybody that we dealt with on that one. But you know whatever whatever there, there does come there are certain things I won't pay money to see. And usually usually it's when my own personal impression is that. They really, truly don't give a shit about anything. They don't give a shit about quality. They just—it's usually I give up when I think it's a money grab, mm-hmm. and that's that's like what I thought on you know like Catwoman or Electra or Steel. Like there was there was no effort to really make a comic book movie at all there, or even the second Ghost Rider movie. Oh, that uh, was awful. I I didn't see that. Yeah, but, but, but when it, when no it idea. seems to me like they're really not trying to make. A movie they're just they're just trying to put something out there to you know to to get some box office that's right. that's when I give up on it otherwise you know I've been through ups and downs on James Bond and eventually they've always come back you know even when they've gone down they've come back with something that I've liked and I think that's part of that battered wife syndrome that you're talking about Scott you know the the you know the thought that okay yeah they, they missed the mark this time but next time they'll do better well, when, I, I mean, know, I, I, th- the, the, I think there's. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say on the Fantastic Four movie, when when it became increasingly clear that uh, Josh Trank, the director, had no familiarity with the source material and had no desire to learn the source material, right? That's the thing that truly turned me off to it. If he had said, you know, I I really wasn't all that familiar with the Fantastic Four, but they thought I'd be a good candidate, so I went back and I read all the comics and I know what these characters are about now and I, I've learned to love this material and I'm going to make a great movie. You know, I'll keep an open mind and I'll wait and see. But when he gets up there after he's made the movie and says, I really wasn't that familiar with the uh, the comics at all, but I've seen the cartoons, which I actually heard him say those words. It's like, yeah, no, nah, you know what? I'm not interested in what you have to say about these characters. Exactly. And that's that's really the difference I was talking about. There's a difference between, you know, the, the people behind the making of the movie really tried. You know, they tried to get a feel for the material. They felt like they understood it and they tried and somehow it just didn't work. That happens all the time. I mean, movie history is littered with, you know, good intention movies that somehow it, they just didn't work. I, you know, that I'm very forgiving of. But I'm talking about this thing like you're talking about with with this new Fantastic Four, where they didn't even try, where they hired somebody specifically because, well, we want to try something new and go in a different direction. And we're not tied to the source material and we're going to change everything you ever knew about. And it's like, no. And a lot of the I've listened to a few different reviews, some from people who have not read the read the comics, some who have some who have read the Ultimate Universe. And basically, a lot of it sounds like it's been pulled from the Ultimate Marvel Universe is where a lot of the characters came from. Um, And none of them have really had... There's only one that had even a a mildly positive review. And he's not a a big comic guy. 
This was right. on the Now Playing Pop podcast. And, you know, that's... But over at Comic Geek Speak, uh, I listened to Chris Everly's, and he basically said he... He put on a hazmat suit and braved it and watched it for all of us and said, don't go see it. Don't waste your money. Don't waste your time. Don't You, you won't right. be able to get two hours of your life back. <laughs> don't go see it. And uh, But now I know some of the other guys, I don't know if the other guys on the network, have they put out a podcast? I know they put a pre-podcast out, but I don't know if they put a post-podcast out yet. I've been, I just now got my iPod back and I'm to where I can download, I you know, I'm like two weeks behind on podcasts. Ah, I'm jonesing. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I guess I've babbled enough. So yeah, yeah. you've been the one babbling. Babbling, yeah. Scott and I is just you know we're talking intelligent like. Babble, yeah. babble, babble. Well, I, I did not mean to tangent this off into, no, no, no. into movie talk. I just it, it occurred I'm, to me I'm that I hadn't had a chance to really say much of anything about Ant Man, and I really did want to go on record just saying I really did dig the movie. I, I didn't want people to take my silence as, oh, he must have hated it or something, because yeah, I've had that happen Ant before. Man. What's that? So why'd you hate Ant-Man? <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, well, I guess there's, there's not really any other Avengers news. Uh, I've got one email I can read. The other ones, we're, we're saving all the Russell Bragg ones for when he comes on. He can read them to us, because we're just like Lazy. That. <laughs> Lazy bones. So I have uh, the email from Mr. Giaconetti. Subject, Avengers Spotlight, Korvac Saga so far. Dr. Bill and producer Paul. Sorry, Scott. You're not listed in there. That's just wrong. That just hurts my feelings. I know, man. I know. I'm sorry, dude. I even met Luke, you know? I was even nice to him. Well, that was your mistake right there. I know it. See, that's what you said. That see, once we get him on a show, he's not going to write in. He's not going to say nice. So he I met you. you. Now he just drops you like a bat. Yep, exactly. Yep. Now he's done with me. So <laughs> I'm yesterday's news. Hey guys, we're four issues into the Korvac saga. Am I absolutely loving it? This story is is reading like classic Marvel Bronze Age stuff, with all those subplots percolating along in the background, supporting the main plot, which is in the forefront. I really dug that we had this big Ultron Jocasta storyline going on while the Korvac stuff is quietly building up behind the scenes. This sort of storytelling is a lost art nowadays as comics, especially Marvel, have moved away from the soap opera style ongoing narrative. This style had some drawbacks, certainly. The seemingly constant repeating of background information gets old upon binge reading, but to me it's a more naturalistic sort of story that the more discreet one story at a time sort of narrative comics tend to do today. These adventures almost seem like prototypical Avengers comics, especially when it comes to the lineup. There's not a single character here which seems out of place on the Avengers, as they are often as there as there very often is as the series progresses. But Cap, Iron Man, Beast, Witch, Wonder Man, Pym, Wasp, and Vision, that's pure, unfiltered Avengers right there. No Mantis, hey, come on. Gilgamesh, eh. Death Cry, or dare I say, <clears throat> Dr. Druid, in there to weird things up. And I ain't saying this as someone who likes Mantis even. Oh, well, there we go. We got a Mantis fan. The Celestial Madonna, your favorite, Scott. Celestial Madonna. 
Keep going. Uh, I have not been reading along, but I should be. I have Essentials Avengers Volume 8, after all. But right now, I'm enjoying your coverage so much that I would have to get caught up before you released the next episode because I don't know that I could resist jumping the next one to the top of the queue. As for what I as for what to cover after the Korvac saga at Heroes Con back in June in Charlotte, North Carolina, I picked up uh, the omnibus of Avengers: The Crossing for sixty five percent off cover price. Well, that should tell you something right there. Now, I am not suggesting that you guys cover The Crossing, but having finished the book up this past weekend, I think it would be fun to take a look at the big bad of the story, Kang the Conqueror. Kang is my favorite of the Avengers-specific bad guys, and he was one of the very first and longest-lasting. La- longest yeah, too bad to frickin', I think the Fantastic Four own him, because I think he appeared there first, didn't he? I do not think so. Did he appear first in Avengers? Not I thought... In Avengers. Pretty sure he appeared first in the Avengers. Mm, okay. Now, There's... the whole thing is... Ramatut. Oh, Ramatut. Yeah, they have appeared it's... before Kang, and Kang is and Ramatut are supposed to be the same person, effectively. So that may tie up the rights somehow. Yeah, and then it, because it goes supposedly, Ramatut, Kang, Scarlet Centurion goes off to the Squadron Supreme Universe, and or he becomes a Mortis. Blah blah then blah. Then Ramatut again. Then because Ramatut. Or he, Dr. Doom may, may at one point have been an ancestor, but even that's not, yeah, back and forth, whatever. My head hurts. Anyways. There's, there's been a lot of Kang stories over the years, so I think a nice cross-section of time-traveling adventures, um, of time-traveling adventures to take a look at it. And if you guys felt like bringing in a Kang fan as a guest host, well, all the better, yes? See, he's sniffing around again. Like a cat in heat. The, the dreaded Jack and Eddie. Wow. Send Alvin over there. Send Alvin. Now I have a whoa, easy, easy. Uh, for what it's worth, I enjoyed the crossing for what it was, given that my first issue of Iron Man was 321 right during that storyline. I may be more prone. Uh, I do think a nice what if discussion can come from the developments of the crossing, which ultimately never came to fruition due to Heroes Reborn and Heroes Return, namely. Namely, the Celestial Messiah. Wasn't that the Celestial? Oh, yeah, that was a that was a mini series. I remember. I think I have that. Don't remember if I read it. <laughs> Thanks for the really enjoyable show, and I eagerly await the coming installments. Luke, thank you, Mister Jack and Eddie, and uh, we appreciate you tagging along. Nice to see some Mantis love. Nothing from Scott. None? No, that's disgusting. <laughs> I'm not talking about the bugs. Oh, okay. Okay. Talking about the chick with the antennas in her head. That's still disgusting. But she had... How did she turn green? Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, yeah. at, how did she become green? I don't remember her being green in the original Celestial Madonna thing, but then when she, she came the, around to the Guardians... She was Vietnamese in the original. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, well Vietnamese people aren't green. No, she didn't become... She became green, I think, after she ate... A uh, one either died and because remember um, when, the when swords she, she bumped ugly with the Kawadi. Yeah, well, because the swordsman right. died. What it rub off on her or something? But yeah. He came, but he came back 
like a Kawadi came back in his form, if I remember correctly, and he was <laughs> and he was green. So I think right. that's kind of what happened. They they did like the uh, they did the intergalactic horizontal hokey pokey, and you know she became green or she became a Kawadi. She became a big walking broccoli. Wow, something I don't know. It's been a while. It's been a while. So icky. That's all we have for the email. All right. And I, I guess. Well, good night, we, folks. What? 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 We didn't do a. <laughs> and I brought a book. <laughs> it's gonna make espresso. <laughs> he took my line. So, do we want to? Shall we put you up to the challenge first, or after we cover the book, as to who the inkers are? Oh, after. I think after as that. as we go through it. This I, isn't going to be as much fun since Paul cheated. I know. I did not cheat. No. For, I didn't get the message. You know, we, we knew going into this book that there were many anchors. Yes. The the anchor is is credited as D hands, which is diverse hands. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I thought I was being thorough by doing a little research so that I would know <laughs> who the anchors were. And then, then Bill, after I did some research to find out who they are, Bill says, oh, we're going to have a contest and make it into a game to see which of you can name more. I'm going to totally just ruin the suspense for you and tell you I think Scott could have named more because there were a lot here I wouldn't have been able to name. I don't know. I, I was looking through this thing going, ooh, that looks really familiar, but I don't know. I don't know. It, this could be interesting. I say we review the issue whole, first and then see how we're... I had a whole we're... opening bit planned. Everything. Uh, I was going to do, we were going to play And you know what? Every, everybody who's listening, you're welcome. <laughs> I was going to do a Howard Cosell impersonation, <laughs> and we were going to have the old 70s opening Monday night football music to build up to it. And I was going to, I even went on to the thesaurus online and looked up all these different words for master. Strap this on your sore ass. Master. Preeminent, right, when, foremost, when accomplice, chieftain, virtuoso, wizard, distinguished, Lord Paramount, and on and on that I was going to do. But, nah, oh, no, because somebody didn't read the text. The text that I still haven't gotten. <laughs> I don't know who you texted, but it wasn't I, me. Scott texted me. I texted back. Didn't you it was get in the three-way chat? No, you did it on, you did yeah, it on through, Facebook. Through, no, you did it through the phone. Oh, did I do it on the phone? I don't know. Yeah. See, I don't even know where it was. Oh. That's all right. Yeah, wherever all right, it was, man. it wasn't to me. <sighs> it's all lost in the ether. But anyway. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say the cover is inked by Terry Austin. <laughs> yeah, since it says it right in the bottom corner. I would say because it says Austin right there, that's probably it. Yep. Could have oh, been Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> oh, sorry. That was my Stone Cold Steve Austin for anybody who's a wrestler fan. So. Is it just me, or does uh, Black Widow have crazy face on that cover? Ah! But I think she's supposed to. She's like in panic mode. They're being uh, transported somewhere. They're all got that, you know, scream. I don't know. I've seen Captain Kirk transported a lot of times. He never made that face. Yeah, but he, yeah, but he was ready for it. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is like the face Kirk made. When they got him and Spock got shocked by that, uh, uh, the one where McCoy had a disease and uh, they went down in the hollow planetoid and they. The world is hollow and I have touched the sky. I love that one. Yeah. And then they touched it and they both, they did the the (laughs) negative shot and they're both, "Ah!" that's exactly the same face. Exactly the same face right there. (laughs) Am I right? I'm I'm right. Uh, I don't know. She looks a little beefy too. Yeah, she. 
Well, well I think she looks good. Waist. I like. Well, I got no problem with that. She's just got the big boobies. I wouldn't kick her out of bed for eating crackers. <laughs> and I love to see that outfit piled up on the floor next to the bed. Now, what about Wasp's outfit, though? Oh, that's awful. Oof. Yeah, a lot of W's on there. Yeah. She had some big ugly George Bush back during this. Yeah. <laughs> back during this time. Yeah. What's well, funny because she's got the W around her her collar there, but I think you could argue that the uh, the boots are sponsored by sponsored by McDonald's because it looks like an M. She's loving it. <laughs> so anyway, on the cover, uh, actually, this is uh, Avengers issue one seventy three, and part of my information comes from Mike's Amazing World and also from my uh, official index of the Marvel Universe for the Avengers, and the Cover date was July 1978. The on-sale date was April 18th, 1978. Cover price, 35 whopping cents. 78. You remember that, Paul, right? I do. <laughs> it was a very good year. What what month did you say this came out? Uh, April. Okay, so I would have been I, I would have been 15 years old. Good times. I would have been uh, 69, I think 9. Yes, nine or eight. See, I don't even know what age. <laughs> yes, nine or eight. <laughs> so Scott would have been, you would have been what, 10 or 11? 10. 10. Yep. The big 10, you would reach the two digits. So our story is Threshold of Oblivion, and our credits is uh, Jim Shooter was the plot, had the plot, but now we have David Michelini taking over for script, Sal Buscema on pencils, and for the many hands, we have Pablo Marcus, Winslow Mortimer. Whoa, 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 whoa. What, 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 what? I thought you wanted to see if Scott can name them. What? Oh. Oh. Well, I was actually going to give him the names because I don't think he'll, even with the names, I don't think he could get them all. All right, all right. We'll skip that. We'll save for that. D hands. Scott, pretend you didn't hear Pablo Marcos. Although he's been inking it all along. Along with some other people. All right. I'll, I'll be quiet. Can I continue? I don't know. I think you ruined the whole show. Ruined the whole show. Oh, that That's it. That's a la- This is the last back to the bids. No. Or the last Avengers spotlight. Our cover. Can I say who inked the cover? Well, of course, we already said that, right? I'm Terry not Austin. saying nothing anymore. George Perez, Terry Austin on the cover. We still have Mr. Perez who's giving us beautiful covers. And a lot of people gave us stuff on the inside. And we have uh, Black Widow, Hercules, 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 Yellow Jacket. Look like they're, uh, like I, like we said, they're in a state of shock as they are surrounded by Kirby Crackle and appear to be fading out as the Wasp, Iron Man, and Hawkeye look on with a strange picture of Vision <laughs> behind Hawkeye's head. And there's another photo of Thor above the Wasp's head. So, obviously, this is at Avengers Mansion or at a crazed fan's house, one or the other. So, <clears throat> may I do the synopsis? Are you going to mention the inker on every page? No, 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 no. That'll be later. Then why don't you do the synopsis? Okay. You sure? Now. Good night, guys. <laughs> Our synopsis, investigating the continuing disappearance of past and present Avengers, Iron Man assembles Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Wizard, Black Widow, and Hercules. Oh, 
No, there should have been a comma there. <laughs> Assembles Black Panther, Captain Marvel, and the Wizard. Black Widow and Hercules, who impatiently damages an airport terminal and wrecks a helicopter en route to the meeting. Um, Iron Man seeks S.H.I.E.L.D.'s te technological aid, but Nick Fury refuses due to Gyrich's recent suspension of the team's security privileges. Meanwhile, Korvac spies on the Avengers and their allies, the Guardians of the Galaxy, still protecting young Vance Astrovic. Satisfied that the heroes are unaware of his location and his universal domination agenda. I guess that would be a hidden agenda. Korvac also spies on various major powers that have not yet detected him. Ironically, Korvac's new wife, Karina, is a spy and nearly sends out a psychic message regarding his plans, but stops herself in mid-effort because she loves him and has started to believe in his cause. Detecting her psychic energies, Korvac angrily questions her, but quickly determines she is loyal. During the search for the missing Avengers, lovers, Black Widow and Hercules... What? What? They're lovers at this time? I think she was lovers with everybody. She was kind of a whole... Yeah, I just, I don't remember that. I don't even, I don't really get that from this book. Do you? No. Hmm. Okay. I, I think that was all subtext. I don't think they ever really made that clear. So well, because were they in the champions at this time? This is after the champions were champions? done. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, discuss morality. Oh, mortality. <laughs> Leaving the former uneasy as she considers how the latter will long outlive her. The elderly wizard says he's retiring from heroics and departs. See ya. While Hawkeye tries to cheer up Scarlet Witch regarding her missing brother and husband. <laughs> Good luck with that. Wonder Man is baffled when a returning Thor treats him like a stranger. And Black Panther suggests using the Guardian's dry dock technology to track the vanishing Avengers. Duh. Moments later, the Panther, Yellow Jacket, Scarlet Witch, and Wonder Man all disappear. The Guardian's Vance Astro determines that they have been teleported away by a construct orbiting Earth. So, Astro teleports remaining Avengers Thor, Iron Man, Wasp, and Hawkeye into that construct. Inside, they find their old foe, the Collector, who has added Black Widow, Captain Marvel, and Hercules to his captives, boasting that his Avengers collection is now complete. <laughs> <laughs> Next issue, captured by the collector. So, as I bust out my trusty hardback Korvac saga, we shall begin on page one. Are you gentlemen ready? Yes. Go! Who's the anchor on the first page? <laughs> um, I'll say Pablo Marcus. Ding, 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 ding. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I, I'm going to keep track. I'm going to put a little S, uh, or I'm going to put a, a, a Y after for yes, that you got that correct. And then we will now take a look. At so we've got the, uh, in my copy, they, they, they kind of gave the wizard his hair is kind of dark or like light purple. I don't know what's yeah. up, up with the coloring here. Yeah, I'll admit that until he has his little conversation with Iron Man later in the book, I had no idea yeah, who the hell that oh, was. Oh, I didn't either. I'm like, I thought it was Jack Kirby. <laughs> it does look <laughs> it like does Jack look Kirby. Like... Oh, uh, we should say that Sal Buscema did all the pencils. Roger and, and was. I, I think it's worth mentioning there, and or 
maybe talking a little bit about Sal because we've, we've talked about him in the past and inking and how different people have affected his inking. And I think if he doesn't do especially loose pencils, his, his, his pencil work is detailed enough that, you know, it would be tough for an inker to dominate his work mm-hmm. because he, you know, I think his, his pencil work is pretty comprehensive when he has time to do it. A lot of times his work, I think, was rushed because they would ask him to do a lot of, you know, a lot of different pages at a given time. Uh, in this book, I think he may have had time to give pretty comprehensive pencils. So I, I, I don't think the inking dominates this book as much as it could have. Well, you can and I think see that some, makes it more difficult to figure out who did the inking on different pages. Right, but you can see a subtle difference, but it's kind, oh, it's kind of hard. It's hard to tell. I mean, you can see a difference, but like there's only one or two pages that I would be able to guess who the inkers were. You can, you can see a difference. Right, but I, but I, I don't say, oh, the, that's so-and-so. You don't see the inkers dominating the, the page and, and putting their own take on it. And, and that may have even been intentional because they knew – this is one book with a lot of different inkers. Let's let's kind of stick with Sal's work and not, you know, not overpower it at all. Because, mm-hmm. uh, well, there's one inker in particular who tends to overpower work, and when we get to him, uh, he really didn't seem to in on the pages he did in this book. Hmm. And we open with Iron Man, and he does have um, he has the Wizard. Captain Marvel and Black Panther, and they're all all there at the table. And basically, like we'd said before, that they're basically trying to figure out what's going on. Why is everybody disappearing? And this is a beautiful page. I mean, I, I don't know w- what you guys have for your copy, but this is really clean. And 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 I I'm I'm guessing it's Sal's pencils, and that Pablo just isn't overpowering it. This this almost looks like a Perez page. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. does. It does. Yeah. The, you know, my biggest criticism of it is, is really nitpicking, but my biggest <laughs> criticism is the A on the table is too small. Yeah, and it's not really It's not really centered quite. It's right. not it's not really the Avengers A either. It's just like a generic A. It's not that Avengers style stylistic A. Yeah. That you often see. Well, somebody did it in sugar. It's it's just sh- a sugar pattern on the table. Ant-Man had the ants come out and push little sugar cubes <laughs> on there. Shit, we didn't repaint the table. Get the ants out. But I think it's telling the fact that Wizard isn't even in costume. I think that that kind of tells you where, the way he's going right from the start or it telegraphs it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that he's like, eh, I'm kind of old. I can't even get my uniform on. So um, you really want to see that old fart in a in a you know skin tight you know <laughs> leotard outfit anyway? Really, come on! Uh, it's like he's got a better build than I do right now, and may ever have again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so um, moving on to the next page, we this is where the synopsis was a little bit hokey with how it was worded. Um, we have a plane landing in LaGuardia. Which is where I've been there. You and I were just there. We were all yeah. just there. Yeah. But we, but we didn't rip open the side of our plane to get out like Hercules does because he's impatient. I would have though. After um, actually, the Black Widow zaps him. Well, I mean, I guess I kind of see why she zaps him now because he's being fawned over by all the stewardesses, and I guess if they were in somewhat of a relationship, it's kind of a dick move. Right. So I could kind of see why she. Blaps them. Were they in a relationship? I, that's what 
that's uh, what it re- said in the synopsis that they were actually lovers. Which no. I don't, I, I don't, I don't recall that either myself. Kirk and Black Widow, I don't remember that shit at all. He was, was that hitting, in Champions? He was hitting that man. Was he? <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, I think it was just implied. I don't think they ever. She's got serious. Bitch I don't think there was ever anything overt about it. Well, she's Russian. I that. <laughs> <laughs> well, she should slow down a little bit. You know, enjoy life. <laughs> I I don't like the way these. That's a way Homer. Pages are inked though, <laughs> and I'm not familiar with this particular inker. I'm going to say, I'm going to make a guess here. It looks to me like, um, I'm probably going to get the name. Is it is it Trevor Von Eden? Because that, that fifth panel of Herc getting stung in the eye where he's going like, ah, shit. That looks like that it's just... at a cracked magazine. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of, of inking. I, I What was that Nemesis backup in... Uh... Yeah, Nemesis, the backup in Brave Nemesis? and the Bull. What was the guy that? Oh, sorry. <laughs> what was the guy that that drew that? Was that Trevor Von Eden or? I, think, I, I actually, I, I like your guess for this. It's not right, but I like it. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think I do. And, and um, I think that's a good right. guess, but it's who? Who is it? It's Win Mortimer. I don't. Oh no way! This. Really? I'm not sure who he is. That's not a suit. Uh, he worked on for... Superman. Oh, he was, did he? Uh, he was, yeah, he was one of the old-timey Superman guys. Holy shit, okay. Okay, he's right. Slow Mortimer. Yeah, Winslow Mortimer, Winslow yeah. Mortimer, yeah, so basically... Sounds, uh, sounds like he should be like a, a an know, character in, in, like, Little Orphan Annie. <laughs> so, they rip through the side of the plane, and uh, now onto our next page, and uh, they say, they try to hitch a ride on a helo, and the guy's like, sorry, lady. Avengers priority don't cut no ice anymore. My bird stays in the ground. And, of course, Herc comes back and says, By Zeus, if you've no more respect for heroes, little man, then let your bird stay on the ground as he chucks it down the tarmac. Oh, stay on the ground permanently. So, uh, and then, of course, the guy's stunned as his there's a big fire that ensues. And Herc tells Natasha that, hey, I guess we need to take a taxi. All right, so, I have a guess for this one. Okay. Originally, I was going to say Ron Friends, because the, the, the two panels right in the middle look a hell of a lot like Ron Friends' artwork to me. But looking at the other panels, I'm actually going to guess Tony Dezaniga. It again is... ah. Winslow Mortimer. Really? Yep. Wow, it looks really oh. different than the previous pages. Is that what you found, Paul? That's what I got. Yeah, that's what I have also. It does look different. Uh, I, I suck. <laughs> you do suck. Now, I mean, I, I, like I told you, if 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 I had played the game, if I had realized we were playing the game, I would be losing too. And I like your Trevor Von Eden guess enough that I would be giving you a point for that, even though it was wrong. <laughs> That very last panel on page three right there, um, Herc's outfit really does look like a bath towel or like a – actually, it looks like a washcloth wrapped yeah, in his it doesn't, midsection. Right? That does not look like – what do you call that thing? It's not a toga. It's like a skirt, really. Yeah. That, it doesn't even look like the, – the, mater- the, the way it's inked, it looks it like looks the like material is like terry cloth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so he's basically wearing like a like a hotel towel around his waist. Yeah, because when you see the on the next page, on page four, it looks – it doesn't so – it doesn't have yeah, that texture. Like satiny or it something. doesn't have yeah. the texture in it that it did on the previous page that made it look like terry cloth that looks more smooth. 
So on our next page, we have where they come into Avengers Mansion, and we pick right back up basically where Iron Man had been talking to Wizard, Captain Marvel, and Black Panther. And uh, this is where we see to where they try to get in touch with S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, and S.H.I.E.L.D.'s like, no, get out of here. And then Iron Man, a.k.a. Tony Stark, uses a backdoor frequency he knows to get a hold of Nick Fury. And I got to say... Nick Fury just totally does a dick move. Yeah, Yeah, like all the stuff that they've done for you. Did they not? Did you not call them for what? Six issues ago, crying like a bitch about a big giant spaceship that's going to hit your little space dock thing up in space. Yep. And now you can't give Tony, you can't give Iron Man a time of day. F you, Nick Fury. Why is Nick Fury (laughs) naked? (laughs) Uh, yeah so nick fury out bite me what did they catch him doing when they called him that's what he's really pissed about (laughs) he was in the middle of his wank session and he was on the can oh shit you're not supposed to be able to access this channel i'm hanging up on you he was on the can you know (laughs) i can't even have a good crap smoking a cigarette pulling his eye patch i guess that's a euphemism (laughs) fury's pulling his eye patch again Better not go in the can. Everybody stay out of the crapper. Fury's in there. My favorite favorite panel here is that second panel with sad Iron Man. Yeah. You can almost hear you can almost hear. I just I wanna I wanna just isolate this this one image and put it up on on Facebook and and recaption it to be like, why don't you love me anymore? (laughs) He just looks so sad and pathetic right there. I wish I had a nose. This, I'm this is up. one of the pages, though, I think, I could be wrong, but I think if I had a list of the inkers, I would have gotten it, I think. Really? Because I, man, this one's kicking my ass, because I've been looking at this going, it looks vaguely familiar, but I, you know, I I think when you just... hear you can say, oh, yeah. You're going to go, uh, What? Let me think. No, I think, you, think. I think you're going to, I think you're going to smack yourself in the forehead. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, that's, that, that's what I mean. I think he's going to be like, Really? Um, if he doesn't get it, see if I can have a guess here. I don't know. It's just for one thing, I think it's very inconsistent panel to panel. So it's really yeah, Iron tough. Man's face. Uh, yeah. If you go from the second panel to the third panel and then to the fourth panel, we've we've got I- angry Iron Man. Yeah. In the fourth, he panel. becomes Arno Stark yeah. in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He does. Yeah. Very much so. So I, you know, I'm just, I'm not. Yeah, I'm just not seeing like a discernible style here, uh, except for the the general or whatever he is that's on the on the horn on the fifth panel, the one that's going, you know, don't ever call us again and hanging up there. That inking layer really looks familiar. I just can't place it. Well, um, I think I think really the panel that you picked out to me, from what I know of this inker, I think that kind of just look at that one. That is the most definitive one. I would. And I'm say thinking. So. I'm thinking of of him as. Kind of a poor man's Bob Layton. <laughs> um, shit. Not like Luke McDonald or something, is it? No. No, nah, I, I give or, up. You know what? I'm, I'm going to read off the list of inkers' names to you. Okay. In, okay. In, in, just in the order they're listed here, so it's not going to give you any clue, I hope. And this way, at least you have names in front of you. Okay, it's Diverse Hands. Pablo Marcos, right. Wynn Mortimer... Joe Rubenstein, Bob McLeod, Rick Bryant, Klaus Oh, is this Hansen, the McLeod page? And Dan Green. 
Yes, it is the McLeod page. Yeah. See, I told you. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, in, that's that, what I said. in that one face, I see it now, but I don't see that anywhere else. Wow. This must have been a real rush job. <laughs> well, it's clearly that they, that's why they had to use all these ink. Right, yeah. But that's what I mean, is that it's such a rush job that they're not even like putting their distinctive style. Now, I think his his he does some stuff later, and I if I remember, it's a little maybe a little more distinct. But yeah, uh, no, I would not have caught that one. So after he gets off the phone with the, you know, he gets hung up on by Fury. Uh, our next page is we have um, Michael Korvac basically peeking in. He's he's the cosmic voyeur peeking in on everybody, seeing what's going on. Um, and his lovely Karina asks if he would like some cocoa, and of course, you know, Mister Omniscient, Omni, All Powerful, just poofs up his own cup of cocoa. <laughs> That's and, disgusting. And, <laughs> and Charlie, Charlie Twenty Seven is watching West Side Story. <laughs> I like to be an American. Anyway, now isn't and, Nikki's and head on fire? Christmas apparently with the red and green bubbles around them. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Nikki is setting a tree on fire. I was going to say, how is she not setting that tree on fire? How does nobody see a woman with a tight shirt with a fiery head in a tree I know, watching be, a little kid and a dog? You would think somebody would be like, oh, Jesus Christ, that woman's head is on fire. Grab a fire extinguisher and nobody's freaking out. Stop, uh, drop, yeah. and roll, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> roll, Stop, dick, roll. Roll, dick, roll. <laughs> 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 So who would you have to guess out of our? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me that. Yeah, all right. I tell you what, you got to you got to give me the give me the list one more time. I, I heard Joe Rubenstein. In no discernible order, uh-huh. we have Pablo Marcus, uh huh, Winslow Mortimer. Bob, See, I, I wouldn't know him if I tripped over him. Bob McLeod. Bob McLeod. Okay. Joe Rubenstein. Uh huh. Dan Green. Dan Green. Hmm. Rick Bryant. Who the hell is that? And Klaus Jansen. Klaus. 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 See, what really makes me feel bad is I don't think I, I got any of these people when I was going through the issue on my own. Because I was seeing, like, Ron Friends and See, all I, these I other ones in there. Klaus so. because of the thick line. I don't know. It's it's thick, but it doesn't look like his style. I'd, I'd probably guess either Dan Green or that other guy that you said that I'm like, who the hell is that? So who, nope. who is this one? This is uh, from our first page, Pablo Marcus. And is it, it again? Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. It, does and, it, like and it doesn't look like it. the thick lines. Yeah. Yeah, I would have thought it was Klaus. I really would have. Damn, you know what I just realized in that third panel? Korvac is totally Steve Austin right there with blonde oh, hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he really is. That's He's yeah. using his bionic eyes to. Yeah, yeah, he is. The yeah. cosmic warrior. That's cool. So on to our uh, Forest the... Hills. We went by there, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Maybe Corvax. Why didn't you take there? me over to Corvax's house? Let's go to Corvax's house. Knock on the door. It's Corvax's house. Because he would have killed us. Corvax, come out and play. <laughs> oh, you found me. Actually, one of us would have pro- probably gone. There's nobody here. What are you talking about? Oh, sweet. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Oh, you're getting ahead of yourself. Giving away the story. Speaking of people that can't see, st- <laughs> can't see Corvax. Overhead flies uh, Starhawk, who knows nothing <laughs> because he can't see him. <laughs> and we also, in the next panel, we have, uh, I guess, Angry Vance Astro, because he can't go to Earth, staring down at what apparently is the Earth. <laughs> How does Starhawk sit on the toilet in that outfit? Maybe those things retract. Okay. 
Maybe they just kind of. I think I, you know, into the he had his his male and female personas. So I think if he really had to go, he turned into a girl so he could just pick up his little skirt. He was transgender. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Jesus, yeah. Caitlin Starhawk. We should give him a bravery award. He's Bruce Starhawk, right? <laughs> I'll say anyway, more. Yeah. Anyway, who is uh, that freak with a bulbous head on the? Oh, that's Vance. That's Astro, Vance Astro. Yeah. What is looking, wrong with his head? What is wrong with the Earth? What is he looking at? That's not it's cloudy that day. Cloudy? It looks like it's been bombarded with radioactive waste. What the hell happened? He's not even looking you at the earth. With him, you freaks. You maniac. God damn you all to hell. Wouldn't it be cool if he just saw the earth blow up while he's sitting there? Oh, shit. <laughs> Damn, and a moment later, he fades away because isn't isn't he the same person that's the little kid? Yeah, yeah. He'd, he'd pull a biff and just fade away, right? <laughs> he'd make like a leaf and get out Whoosh. of here. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like a damn fool when you say it wrong. So, quarterback decides that he he now needs to concentrate. So he says he says. Uh, <laughs> Karina asks him, "Is there anything I can do to help?" "No, Karina. I require total concentration." What is this like? A, it's that it reminds you of like like a David Copperfield or like a Doug Henning, ma- ma- you know, <laughs> like a magic trick. This requires total concentration. Oh, is he going to saw in half? That would be <laughs> awesome. For I must probe areas where the slightest error, whoa, 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 could unleash forces that I that even I may not withstand. Leave me, please. And thus ends that page. Now, why is he dressed like Freddy from Scooby Doo? He does have a nice kicking ascot, but Fred would have had the white shirt. That's true. He, he's he's got the casual smoking jacket, like I do when I go on the road. That's my outfit. He took my. This is where I got my outfit when I go on the road. My casual smoking jacket and oils. Okay, I've said too much. Anyway. Who would you guess is the inker on this page? Jesus, this one's an ass kicker because that third panel where he's being all contemplative really looks like Dick Giordano to me. Oh, but he's not he, a choice. It does. Yeah, I know. He's not on the list. I, yeah. I think um, I would have gotten the guy on this one. And then the fourth and fifth panels look like Ron Friends. And then that last panel looks like, um, shit, what's his name? Mike Nasser. So, God, I'm. Uh, um. Want the list again? No. I'll, I'll, I'll take a stab in the dark and say uh, Joe Rubenstein. Yes! Woo! All right. ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. We get a yes right. for that page. All right. From Mr. Gardner. Hey, smart. And on the next page, we have a, well, a sad but hot Karina. Oh, yeah. As she goes into the bedroom and cries herself to sleep. And then I guess... Uh, has some type of fit <laughs> she's actually because <laughs> she turns uh a- actually i like that panel that's pretty cool looking orgasmatron she's, activate <laughs> she's basically reaching out with the power that she's been given by um her her lover michael and she's reaching out and then stops she's reaching out to send her thoughts somewhere but she decides she can't do it i can't betray him he's the rightful owner of the universe but father help me i'm starting to believe him as she looks back at the door to where uh, Michael is doing his cosmic whammy jammy. Does this remind anybody else of uh, uh, Wow, she's got nipples. Where No Man Has Gone Before? Yes. Yes. With um, 
yeah. Gary Mitchell and what's her face? Yeah. Sally yeah. Sorry. Sally Keller, Kellerman. Kellerman, yeah. Wow, do you notice in those last two panels that he has blatantly put nipples on her? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I wouldn't notice that. <laughs> That's uh, like the even only looking. thing I noticed. <laughs> I was looking at the door. I think young Dr. Bill was uh, really liked this comic. <laughs> anyway, who do you think is the inker there? Hmm. Or do you even care? <laughs> I, well, yeah, I do. Again, I think that that first panel really looks like uh, Ron Friends, but again, I know he's not a choice. I'll, I'll say Rubenstein again. I'll, I'll say he did two pages in a row. Bingo! All right. You the man. Next, we have... Now, this looks like... This looks like... Um, uh, Gary Seven, I think, in that first Yeah. Panel. Yeah, you're right. So we have Gary Seven, a.k.a. Michael Korvac, doing the uh, <laughs> watching the Watcher. <laughs> and then in the third panel, he becomes the Incredible Hulk. Because <laughs> his face is all green. And then he's uh, he's peeking in on Odin. And Why then is Odin a... wearing a giant magnet on his head? Because he's all-knowing, all-attracting. Oh, sorry. That is one bored horse, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, gotta take, I gotta haul his fat ass all over ass. The horse is like, Do you guys know how heavy that headpiece is? And why do I have to wear this heavy headpiece? Jesus Christ. Oh, God. Get me out of here. Look at the other guy. He looks a lot lighter on that other small horse over there. And what you is think... that? What is that? Did you notice the shadow back there? Yeah. Who's Where? casting oh, that yeah. shadow? That looks like Loki. Yeah, you're right. Because it doesn't match the Odin shadow, and it doesn't match the doesn't other guy on the other horse. Yeah, yeah. Big old so I, I think it might be Loki, in which case, that's pretty subtle and clever. Hmm. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, and the next we see Zeus, because um, basically... Zeus has lost some weight. Zeus is looking good. Zeus yeah. has got yeah, consumption. He's working out. <laughs> and then uh, we see, uh, well, we see Mephisto, and he's... Uh, I like the way they drew Mephisto's face. It's a little different from the normal look. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, it looks really very devilish. And you yeah. know, you he's, know really he's, he's uh, you know, into excess because he's got the uh, the big mutton joint in K his hand. KFC, yeah. Yeah, he's eating that big old piece of something, and he's got that that hideous-looking woman next to him. Actually, Honeywell used to date her in high school. <laughs> But then, and then the demon is serving him like a big pig on a plate. I love the look on the demon. So he's going, yeah, yeah you got the pig that you wanted, boss. And well, the so, other guy's so is Honeywell's girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other guy's got a pile of orange goo that looks vaguely like some type of phallic type thing. Ah, this damn jello just didn't come out good this time. I molded it myself. <laughs> <laughs> that last panel looks like Jim Shooter to me. <laughs> yeah, there we have. He's got his hand up. It's good. They don't expect anything. No one expects the Inquisition. Wait, no, sorry. <laughs> and he says, the celestial vastness of, and then we end that page. So Now, before I had the list in front of me, I thought this was Joe Sennett. That, that's a good guess. It's wrong. I'm looking at this. It, it's, <laughs> it's rough as hell, though. So That looked like Joe Sennett's watcher to me. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Would you like your bulbous headed freak? Would you like your choices again? Um, no, I, I got them all here except the the only one I didn't write down was that one guy that I I don't I 
totally Rick, don't recognize the name, Rick so Ramos. I'm going to guess that guy because I don't recognize that name at all. Mm-hmm. No? Who is it? Dan Green. Is it really? That's what they said. Wow. Well, I usually like Dan Green. Yeah, I, I'm not crazy about the art on this page. I think it's kind of sloppy looking. Well, like I said, I like the Mephisto face. Mephisto part I like. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll take it back for the Mephisto part. I do like that. The Mephisto rest of it. eat. Yeah, I do like that. Yeah, he is very Hulk-like. Basically, it's... all the pages that don't have Korvac in it, it, well, the Watcher one, they look better than the ones that have Korvac. It just he looks makes Korvac look real. And I don't know if that was just the way he was going, trying yeah, to make him look the coloring. Otherworldly hey, like banner. I, yeah, definitely in in the <sighs> third panel. Oh, that's now. We have one page. It's one picture. And this is, I like this. This is, yeah. Korvac is, because he finishes his sentence from the previous page and it says, this is what it said in the last panel. It is good. None yet guess that even, that I even exist, but there still remains the most important entity to be observed. The celestial vastness of eternity himself. Eternity. He was the universe personified within whom all the stuff of this stuff. <laughs> this reality exists. And we have the shot of Michael Korvac standing in the center of, of the page with like a uh, red and yellow energy crackling from him and filling the room in like an ethereal type vision is the figure of eternity superimposed over the furniture, the floor, the wall. And then it's just one big – the whole page is just a, like an aerial shot pulled back in like a different perspective of the room. And and it's this this is one page, I, I this, this is a pretty cool page. I like yeah, this. Yeah, I like this. Yeah, I, I think this is an outstanding page. Who do you think did it? I you know I couldn't even make a guess on this one. I, again, I'll guess that guy that I don't know because I don't recognize the. And you would stuff. be right. It is the All guy right. you don't. Know. <laughs> it is Rick Bryant. Rick Bryant. I I totally don't know that name. What the hell else has he ever done? I, I seriously, do you guys recognize that name? No, unless it's a pseudonym for somebody. Rick Bryant? I'm looking him uh, up right now. Okay. And uh, so basically, Michael's pretty confident that nobody knows what he's doing. And then we uh, go to the next page and he and he goes, what? He and did Star Wars, Star Wars 50. Really? Hmm. Okay. Is that the red know. death one? Uh yeah, it's the. God, what was the name the of that? Cloud did that. Or maybe that's the cover. It's got like a painted cover. No, I, isn't that the one where is they go to the the, the planet that the... that's got the volcanic stuff in it, it, and it was like holding the images of when the rebels were there and like replaying it. It was like a memory wall type of thing. I think that was the Crimson Plague one where Han. That was they where they retold the story. That was after number fifty. Yeah, maybe was, maybe it is. Now that, that was, you say that, maybe that is that one. That was after Empire, and it was with the crystal. They had the red crystal, and Luke got the thing that made his face turn red. And they had to return the crystal to the uh, like all and all the sleeping monks in the right. It was where uh, what's her name returned? Tagi's, uh, the Donna, the chick. Didn't she return in that issue? Oh, uh, Domina Tag. Yeah. All right, now I gotta look it up because that's because <laughs> I'm trying to think. I was thinking fifty was that one where the where the Empire goes to that volcanic base that the rebels had abandoned, mm-hmm. and. 
the stormtroopers are there having a smoke with their helmets off, and they see like the rebels charging at them, and they panic. Smoke but then it turns panic. out that the that the stuff that the base was made out of was actually holding on. To, no, you're right. It's the crimson forever. You are totally right. The crimson. What the crimson hell is am I thinking of? I think the one you're thinking of is more in the '60s or '70s. Could be, because that's after they they had moved and they were on the Hojib world, right? Yeah. Let me see. Now I gotta find it. This is making me nuts. I'm sorry. I know this is <laughs> fascinating audio, but it's gonna make me crazy. Scott uh, Scott Rifen, if he's listening, is probably screaming at his iPad. He's like, "No, dumbass! It was this issue." But I don't know. <laughs> He's ah, shit, go. I can't find it on a quick glance, but I know what what issue I'm talking about, but evidently it is not issue 50. <laughs> I know the issue you're talking about. It's not 50. Because yeah. 50's got the really cool cover on it. Yeah, with, yeah. Uh, it's got that, that great painted cover of, uh, of the whole. It actually looks a lot like uh, like Mad Magazine art or something, mm-hmm. just by the way it's colored. But yeah, I love that, uh, that cover on this one. I, I just totally thought it was a different story actually inside the book. So, ah. so on our next page, uh, basically... Uh, Michael's disturbed. He busts in on Karina. Then he does uh, his um, cosmic soul searching. I like the call armor. card in this page, Camel Toe. <laughs> <laughs> Which page is this? What? The the the, the middle. Uh, I guess. Uh, maybe uh, I don't know. I think her dress is just uh, riding up. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, whatever. I'm, you know, it's wishful thinking. What can I tell you? <laughs> and she's crying. She looks like Hank Pym just came out of the room or something. Else. Hey. <laughs> so he looks in her eyes, searching, searching, and he sees only love. And on the last panel of the page, we cut to. Uh, uh, meanwhile, as the emergency meeting at Avengers Mansion ends, uh, Iron Man says, I doubt that the Earth is the source of what's causing these disappearances, Marvel. But since there's always that chance, I am way ahead of you, Iron Man, and we'll pause there because who did who did the inking? I'm gonna say Klaus Jansen. You're wrong. Damn it. Very Joe, wrong. Joe Rubenstein. Again? Again? Yeah, yeah, apparently. Right. That's what the internet says. The internet doesn't lie. What a page hog. <laughs> Bastard had to do so many pages. <laughs> So next page, we see uh, Captain Marvel zipping out to see if he can find anything out. Um, and uh, Black Widow says, well, since there's not much we can do, uh, we need to go back and pick up our, logic, our, our luggage at the airport if they hasn't been rerouted to Muskegee by now. And as they... So uh, they totally wasted their time even going to Avengers Mansion, because what the hell did they do while they were there? Uh, basically, they all just got hung up on by um, Nick Fury... Maybe they yeah. did the horizontal bop when we were on looking. Maybe. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Her- Hercules is out. Ah, can you taste it? There's battle in the air. This will be glorious. And then uh, Natasha's, you know, well, you know, can't you be more serious? And there's a little kid on the street that says, golly, it's Steve Reeves. Which, no, that doesn't date this at all. The kids didn't even know who Steve Reeves was in 1978. The kid that age I did. No. I knew who Steve Reeves was. Who was? Well, I mean, of course, yeah, he, he was George's Hercules. brother. He put he played Back Hercules then, in '78. You knew who Steve Reeves was, yeah, because I watched the movies on TV. Oh, okay, it was Hercules. All right, all right. Hercules, I used to watch Hercules. him on Creature Feature. Hercules. I used to watch it on Creature Feature on on Channel Forty Four. Okay, Doctor Paul Bearer. 
<laughs> Which you probably okay. watched that too when you because you were down here at the same time. Although you may probably don't remember it. No, I don't remember that. So, um, so basically, um, Hercules. This is where we get the stuff from the synopsis to where Her- Hercules says, you know, ah, how he's so long lived, and you know, this is you know, mortal lives is just a wink. It's just as fleeting as the wink in the eye of a god. And then I guess if they are lovers, this would kind of shake her up that she's kind of like, wow, you know, I'm just like a I'm like a one time quick lay for you. And you're going to be moving on to somebody else in the next century or so. Damn straight. (laughs) And she's got that ugly. Well, she's got that Russian. She looks like she just sniffed a fart right there. That's what (laughs) she looks like. A big old Olympian (laughs) Hercules fart. Ew. Meanwhile, back at the Avengers Mansion, Wizards decided, uh, hey, uh, I, I'm out of here. But after that, you know, uh, I'm flattered that you called me here, Iron Man. But after that fiasco with Count Nefaria, awesome villain, I've realized that it's time for the wizard to hang up his long johns for good. You need any moral support or depends, though. Just give me a call, you hear? <laughs> I is- love that, that first panel with them together where he's touching Iron Man. Iron Man's totally looking at him like, uh, dude, don't touch me. <laughs> I'll touch the armor. Now I'm going to have fingerprints on there. <laughs> now I'm going to have old man disease on me or something. Ooh. All right. Guess the inker. He really said wizard and long johns in the same sentence? That's <laughs> what he says, yeah. I love how Captain Marvel flies by having Pixie does fly out of his ass. I always thought that was pretty Um, The inker on this, I'm going to say Winslow Mortimer. Wah. God damn it. Which it does look a lot like his. I wonder if they got this out of order. What do you think, Bob? I had Pablo Marcus. Honestly, I would have looked no. at this and I would have given the same guess as Scott. But no. It, but it says not. Pablo Marcos. No. Well, You think? <laughs> I don't think that looks like anything like Pablo Marcus's stuff from the last issue or the beginning of this issue. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm taking it as this is the last page he did and it's a little rushed. Yeah, that's that's yeah. what I'm thinking. It's pretty rough. Yeah, I don't I I don't really see a single panel here I really like. Yeah, I don't like it. It's too muddy. That might be the printing. It almost looks kind of clousy. Yeah. <laughs> so well, shit. I'm like what? Uh, so far you've got one, one two, for three. nineteen. So far, I, think. I don't. No, I don't no, think no. you've hit one that where you've embarrassed yourself with your choice though. <laughs> you've gotten five out of eleven so far. You, you haven't given a guess yet that I thought, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so next we see um, we see Hawkeye trying to clear up the Scarlet Witch, who in some of these panels has no face. <laughs> or she face. looks, I don't know what happened, or like somebody smashed her face against the wall. I mean, I know she's sad and everything, but come on, man. So I guess Must he had. Because she's got the really poofy hair in panel five. Yeah, I was just going to say, that fifth panel looks like she's got some sort of tumor growing out of her head or something. What what the hell is that? It's not a tumor. <laughs> well, she's got her headdress off. You see her headdress is, is laying over the couch there, so I guess her hair... Oh, so this is like the female version of Helmet Head or something? Yeah, she's got, yeah. She's got witch hair. So, so uh, Hawkeye shoots in a... Uh, I guess he has a handy-dandy bouquet arrow ready. <laughs> in case he fights somebody who's allergic to flowers. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no good, huh? And she's like, I'm sorry, Clint. It's just that with Pietro and Vision missing, and maybe even dead, I'm afraid nothing much matters anymore. 
So Hawkeye's like, so you want to go get it on? Oh, sorry, sir. Did they ever hook up? They hooked up at one point, didn't they? Way in in the children's crusade, way down the road, which I'm going to read eventually. I found my paperback of it. So I believe that's what happens there. So, and then we cut. Russian steamer, you've got uh, Caleb Hammers coming to town. (laughs) I can't remember what the subplot is here. Is this. Is this the, uh, is, um, is this where he's going to take the Django Ma- Maximoff? Yeah, Django Maximoff. Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, yes, we have him. He's whittling a, a, a strange wooden carving of image of her, which could be oh, I don't know. His name's Does, Maximoff. Doesn't this lead to the whole thing where they go to Wondergore Mountain and all that and the burn? I think run? so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that is right. Right out of those this. issues. Yeah, that's a good story. So. Speaking of art, who did? Oh man, this is a tough one because I do not like how Scarlet Witch, uh, how her face looks in most of these panels. She's not consistent. No, not at all. Um, So much so that if you look the second to the third to the fourth to the fifth, the only one that's decent is the third. Yeah. The other ones look like something out of a no slamming on Sunday newspaper cartoons but it looks very very basic and cartoony just does not look detailed at all um shit uh i'll guess uh winslow mortimer again survey says well <clears throat> shit <clears throat> who is it uh, I can't. I don't have mine open now, but I think it's Dan. Green. <laughs> yes, I. Uh, so I'm just I, wrong, but you can't tell me why. No, I, I said I think it's Dan Green. I have Dan, Dan Green. Green. Okay. Yes. Freaking Dan Green, man. Son of a. So next we have again elsewhere. Uh, Wonder Man's pota- potato salad is is ready, and Master Thor walks in, and greets Jarvis. And uh, Simon Williams tells him, hey, buddy, Thor, pull up a chair. Want to have my sandwich? And Thor's like, who the hell are you? Thor should be like, thou hast bitten off of it, freak. (laughs) He's already taken a bite out of it. That's disgusting. I don't want your damn sandwich. (laughs) Well, basically, he's like, "Uh, hey, man, I don't know you. (laughs) I'm not. I've never met you. You're a complete stranger. And he's like, strangers? <laughs> you, you just said that. And I just, for some reason, a quote from uh, Encino Man just jumped right into my head where he goes, I don't know you and I don't <laughs> like you. And as of right now, I'm all over you. Did you ever see that movie? Yeah, isn't Encino that? Man? That's Polly Shore know. that says that, right? God, I haven't seen that movie in, I don't know. Because he says that, that quote just came. No, it was the jock douchebag that was does it? that. And then he staples him to the blackboard, yeah. remember? Oh my god! <laughs> it is late and I am punchy, but I can't believe that quote just came to my mind when you said that. Well, okay. So anyway, <laughs> um, Simon just reads him the right act about it. You know, you fought side by side with us against Graviton, Count Nefaria, and basically Thor's like, "Methinks thou art confused, mortal. I know nothing of such battles or of thee." Now, this plays out later, right? Because what's happened here is the right, the fans were writing in bitching about how could Thor be uh-huh. 
in the thing with like Count Nefaria and Graviton and all that shit when he was actually out in space or something in his own book. Which they and doesn't do- it turn out to be some timey wimey shit in the long run? Like he ends up like a future version of Thor comes back through time or some shit like that. Well, yeah. they do kind of. At the end of my synopsis, there was a note that kind of explains it, but it explains it one issue uh, early, and I'm going to save that for next time because okay. it All does right. give the uh, yeah. But it is something like yeah. that, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. So, uh, and then it says, "But Wonder Man stuttered. What will have to be unanswered? Another will have to be answered another time because now in a nearby laboratory, any progress in nailing down the disappearances of uh, any any uh, blah, 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 nailing down the source of the disappearances, Yellow Jacket." <laughs> God, it is late. Not yet, Iron, not yet, Iron Man. And to tell you the truth, shut up! I'm tired of you bitching at me. Oh, sorry. Hank Pym there. <laughs> uh, now, alright, one, one more question on the Thor thing. Was it the Black Nebula thing that he was involved in at the time? Is that... Is that where, where he was doing out in space? Well, didn't uh, uh, didn't Odin send him on a search to, for, yeah. for the Black Galaxy? Or yeah, that was it. Black, yeah, something like that. Black or, Nebula, or was it Black the Fine Galactus? Something like that. Yeah, I, no, I, the Fine Galactus know. thing I think had occurred a while before this. Okay. Um. So yeah, they're all bouncing their heads against each other, and then um, <laughs> the Black Panther gets the bright idea. Hey. I just thought of something. What about the dry dock? The Guardian's technology is a thousand years ahead of ours. What? <laughs> now, what? What is the dry dock? Is that the name of the Guardian ship? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I don't remember that. Yep. Yeah, because the that popped up, and I believe what was uh, the shield thing that was up there? Was it Space Core? Not Space something Core. like that. Yeah, Star, Star Core. Star Core. Like, yeah. yeah. Or no, Star Core was the one around orbit the around Sun. Yeah. Sun. That they, yeah. They, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, though. So uh, well, I know they already have an emergency going on with Avengers disappearing, but somebody really ought to look into the fact that uh, Black Panther's ears has- are steadily <laughs> shrinking throughout the issue say, too. Because in the last panel, he he's got no ears. I think Yellow Jacket took all his ears and put him, <laughs> glued him, and put him on his <laughs> his helmet. He, he pulls a Pee Wee Herman going, "What? <laughs> what? <laughs> and who?" I this can't be right. Who's the anchor? Oh, you know, I No, this could be right. I'm gonna really? say I'm gonna say Joe Rubenstein. It says Bob McLeod. No. Yes. Really? Let me see. Wow, that's um uh, and, you know, I'm not going to say anything because I don't know if he listens or not. We we had him on Star Wars Monthly Monday, and I love the guy. But yeah, if it is him, wow, this is not his best work. I don't yeah, see. And a I think it's a little rushed. Yeah, I don't see a bit of Bob McCloud anywhere in all that. So yeah, and I noticed that Yellow Jacket's making exactly the same face that Iron Man was making when the Wizard was touching him, as, as the Black Panther touches Yellow Jacket. He's just kind of looking at him like, "Hey, hey, hands well, up." Well, that's okay. They won't be making that face for long because in the next panel, poof, poof they both disappear. As oh, I you had... know what? I didn't notice that there were actually two because this was a question I had about this issue. Is like. Did Black Panther just disappear? And nobody really says anything about it. But I, I just noticed that, yeah, there are two, uh, two spots there where they both disappear. I didn't notice that the first time, because uh, Wanda just goes—or I mean, not Wanda, but uh, Jan just goes, "Oh my God, Hank!" But nobody says anything about the the Panther. 
until wait like way down the page Iron Man uh, and that yeah. next last panel says, but T'Challa may have given us the answer before he vanished. I'm like, when the hell did he vanish? <laughs> Say, I missed that the first time around. Well, as Hank disappears and he says, away, and it fades out, it makes me think of the Charlie X. Away, away, away. away. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Iron Man's got a, looks like he's ready to go. Uh, from the movie Airplane on uh, Jan, you know, get a hold of yourself, whack! Oh, because <laughs> she's about to lose it. In Whose Rush, ass is that we're seeing on that? That's so that's, that's, that's that's her. Oh, okay. Get a little, little butt hang, hanging, hanging, a little cheek hanging. Got a little. There, she's yeah. she's being a little cheeky with her new outfit. Um, and in rush, um, Hawkeye and Thor and go, man, look at Chan's ass. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's where. Iron Man says, "Oh, that T'Challa was on the right, right, right track. Let's contact Drydock." So they talk the to Ancestro's really big head. <laughs> He's got a giant friggin' cranium. What's up with that? Got a huge head. Giant eraser-headed freak. Now there's a little. Uh, he says that yeah, I've traced the radiation trail. Uh, it's an orbit. It's okay from Earth to a orbiting construct about three cubic meters in size. You guys it's know bigger what that's on the inside. Exactly. That's a reference to Doctor Who. Huh. Okay. Yeah, because uh, hopefully it's bigger on the inside when they beam over. And who is Does the Vince, artist? Vance Astro's head look like a pool cue chalk to you guys? <laughs> I, just... <laughs> I hadn't like considered you... that, but okay. I just noticed that. I've got a headache and it's this big. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna say Bob McCloud. Correct. Yay! Well, that's the uh, that's like where where I was saying the poor man's uh, Bob Layton. They used to yeah, the well, it, tone it, there, the, the straight yeah. lines on Iron Man. Yep. It, it was. I based that on on a couple of things. For one, he did the previous page, but also um, the zip tone on Iron Man and on Jan's behind, but also Jan's hairdo in that very first panel. She looks very Princess Leia-ish from like circa the first movie. Mm. And McCloud did a lot of the inking on the covers of the Star Wars Weekly, the UK title. And it just reminded me of Princess Leia, so I thought it might be him. Cool. All right. Now, I like this next page. You know, you got the letters page there. There's an ad at the bottom for Marvel Super Special number four with the Beatles. This oh. is actually uh, inked, or not inked, but uh, drawn rather by uh, George Perez. I have been hunting this damn thing on the cheap for years. One of these days, I'm going to own that comic. Oh, I don't have that. I've got uh, mine. Doesn't have ads. I have that. I do yeah. the paperback. Oh, do you have it? Yeah, I had bought that off the stands. Oh, you lucky oh. bastard! Yeah, sometimes being old has its advantages. Yeah. Well, Honeywell used to have this when we were kids. I think his was coverless, though, if I remember. I don't think he has it anymore. And uh, I see it on eBay from time to time, you know, fairly inexpensively. I just haven't pulled the trigger on it yet. I'm look, I'm looking to get it for like five bucks or less, which is going to be tough, you know, to get it in decent shape. But uh, I'm hoping one of these days. I just like that, you know, as a as both a, a fan of George Perez, and this is some of his early stuff, and of course a, a fan of the Beatles. I've just always wanted to own this. Anyway, continue. <laughs> moving on to the next page, we finish up the conversation to where Iron Man says, all right, I want you to use Drydock's facilities to teleport us there. 
Teleport the four of you to the area the size of a phone booth? Wink, wink, nod, nod. All right, metal man, but if you ask me, I think you've just added added new dimension to a to the word crazy and then we have a uh, a really i like these uh that that middle panel of um yeah what is that start no not start dry dock yeah although it looks really cool i think it looks different from the first when perez drew it doesn't it paul well i can flip back a couple pages i think it does look a little different because i don't remember the extension coming off of that uh well, maybe it's just a different angle that they're showing it from. Hold on. I'm, I'm sure. flipping back to the page. I'm in the annual. Okay. for Oh, no. That is exactly the same way it looks. Oh. Just at a different angle. All the extensions and everything. Yep, that's okay. the same. It just looks... Actually, you know what? This one I, looks better than George. This looks better than... Uh, uh, this is a better shot than George's, than Mr. Perez, I wow. think. Because, because I'm flipping between the two, and I like this one better. And who do you think did this one, Scott? I don't know. I mean, because you don't get much of the of the um, of the characters. You're, you're really getting that great shot of the space station. And, I think uh, Thor kind of looks a little Starlinish. Yeah, but it's not Starlin. Um, I don't know. Just based on the way that space station looks in the uh, in the uh, zipatone and the shading and all that, I'm I'll say McCloud again. Did he do this page too? No, nope, this is again Rick Bryant. Okay, see, I, I'm not familiar enough with who the hell that person is, but yeah, I, I really like that uh, that middle panel. That is really cool. Yeah, it's yeah. So dynamic. So, so what two... what happens to this this thing? Is it a ship or is it a, a space station? What? Yes, dry dock. Yeah. yeah, it's like both. Oh, okay. What what happened to that? Because I don't think I've ever heard of this before. Um, well, I mean, I guess I must have because I've read the story before. But it was I, like I their just... home base, and I think they take it back when they go back to the 30th century. Oh, okay. But then stuff happens there, and at some point it gets destroyed. And they, because I've read all of the Guardians uh, series that came out in the 90s, and I think the late 80s into the 90s, and they had uh, a different ship then that they were cruising around the galaxy in. Right. So I'm not quite sure what happens to this. I'm assuming it gets destroyed. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So they beam into their little uh, little construct, and I guess like, again we have a planet where we've got a holdover. I mean, I'm assuming that's the Earth, and the Earth still has been. I, that looks like kind of like South America, there with uh, gigantic clouds above the surface, <laughs> just just like we had early on with Mister Paris. That thing. But we go to the next page. And we see the freeze-dried, um, <laughs> which I guess, wait a minute. They're Avengers Preserves. Somebody must have captured Captain Marvel. Yeah, when the hell did that happen? Because he's or, there. Or Kid Flesh. Or Kid F- <laughs> Yeah. Hold when on, did that me, happen? I'm reading the synopsis again real quick. Well, on well, page you know, 19, you know what I guess, first I guess, panel, he's... What's that? I said, I guess he flew off. And oh yeah, because look, Hercules and the Widow were there too. That's right. It's because it said in the synopsis, uh-huh. it says they find their old photo collector who has added Black Widow, Captain Marvel, Hercules to his captives. Yeah, that's right. They're right there. And then okay. you see Yellow Jacket, and you don't see well, who the heck is that guy? Which one? Next to Yellow Jacket. It's got to either be Wizard Wonder or Man. Wonder Man. 
Hmm. I would guess by the safari jacket, that's probably Wonder Man. Oh, because they don't say that he's captured Wonder Man. Weird. Oh, is there another shot? No, there's not another shot. No. So, the three remaining Avengers, well, excuse me, four, <laughs> the Wasp is so tiny there, sorry, my bad, uh, are beamed aboard and they discover their freeze-dried companions in the little tubes, vacuum fresh for, uh, for freshness. And uh, <laughs> Iron Man says, this character may have the most of the Avengers down and out, but there are still four of us alive and kicking. And Thor says, I, I, and thou doth be known in on to bring even the basest villain cowering to his knees. Cowering, my dear fellows, I'm absolutely delighted you're here. And the, the same guy does the last two pages, so we'll just skip to the last page. Klaus Jansen, you are correct. He draws a hell of a granny goodness. <laughs> After all, you've just saved me the, the considerable bother of fetching you, for I am the collector. And you, my hapless friends, have just completed my collection. <laughs> and at this point, they would freeze and he would just sit there. <clears throat> And it would be like police story where everything would be going on in the background. He <laughs> would just stay frozen. The coffee would keep pouring. No, anyway. And uh, and as stands, uh, oh, God, this is a shitty page. This last page. What a piece of crap this is. What, the art, you mean? Yeah. Look. This, I don't think it's that bad. I don't, man. Look at look at Thor and Iron Man. I'm looking at them. I look don't at think their they faces. look that bad. I, maybe it's just my copy. I mean, but mine's touched. I, I don't think that they're not detailed. I mean, no, it's just I, I don't think this is your regular Klaus Jansen. I do think. No, I, think I do think Rush Jansen. He, he went with the pencils, and you know, there's there's people who claim inkers are like tracers, right? Uh, Klaus Jansen, I don't think could very often be uh, accused of that because he's usually very very self styled. But in this instance, I think he went with Buscema's pencils and really didn't try and impose his own look on it. And that might, again, have something to do with the fact that there was a time crunch. But I don't think it looks bad. It just, you know, it looks to me, it looks like Sal Buscema art. Mm. I don't know. I, I'm just not real fond of it. I would say that the, the biggest area where it's kind of... Uh, maybe a little bit of laziness or uh, rushing involved is the ceiling. The ceiling, yeah, 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 because that's the same on both both of the pages, on on the previous page as well. Well, I mean, because it looks good with the people that are in the test tubes because their 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 features are a little distorted, and I think that that's okay. But and even the, at the okay, you look at the last panel on the next to last page. That looks pretty detailed too on, on all the characters. But the last one, it seems like a lot of the details washed out. Maybe it's just the copy I'm looking at. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean the collectors got detailed, but Thor and Iron Man just look shoddy to me. I think I don't know. To me, they look fine. Scott, you want to break this tie? I don't know. I, I think the figures all look fine. I think what it is I'm, is I'm you know, about that, the that upper portion of the... Uh, well, I mean, they're not incredibly detailed, and they do look a bit washed out. So I'll agree with that. It's it's almost as if um, 
from like the neck up on Iron Man and Thor, like it's just from the pencils. It's almost like it's not even inked properly. You know what I mean? Mm. And this, yeah, the ceiling doesn't help because there's really very little detail at all in the ceiling. It's just a bunch of lines. So I don't know. It's I, I don't think it's bad. It's just kind of inconsistent. Um, but I do like how the collector looks. He he looks pretty pretty imposing and sinister there. And you know he's he's very different looking than you know his his movie counterpart. But I always kind of like this look to the collector. He just has well, kind of a weird. Uh, he's different, but he does have the hair. Yeah, <laughs> he's just got that weird like wrinkly, you know. When I was younger, sometimes face. the way that I saw him drawn. And I guess it's because because of his age. I but I thought at some point, actually him and Thanos both more on Thanos than the Collector. I thought they were scrolls because of the way right, the wrinkly face. Yeah, especially right you know right around the jaw. But right. uh, but I think it's just age on the on the Collector. Hmm. So that brings our issue to an end. And uh, I know it's gone kind of long. I hope you've kind of enjoyed. Our little guessing the inkers exercise. I don't really think we need to. We don't have this on the the next ones. I think we're pretty much back to a regular uh, looking ahead. Yeah, we're pretty much. Looks like we've got Pablo Marcus the rest of the way, and then in one seventy seven we have Pablo and Ricardo Villamonte. So, Not to spoil ahead, but I did notice that on page three of the next issue, it looks like Thor's fighting the Thirsties, so I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I dug this issue. I thought this was pretty cool. I'm, I, it's been a long time since I've read this story, so I'm looking forward to however it resolves next time around. Yeah, I could say... I'm sorry. Oh no! No, saying you know because we're we're things are starting to come together even though we don't realize it. Well, that's that's what I was just going to say. Is uh, the beauty of the writing here is that it's still a slow burn, but now you're fully invested in the mystery because you don't know you know you've you've seen enough of it to know what's all going on and that they're investigating it, but you it's still kind of being played almost like a. Uh, like a haunted house story, the way they keep disappearing, mm-hmm. uh, and and I I thought it was really well done, and it's 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 a slow burn, but it's not a slow burn like it is nowadays, where they're trying to pad it to get, you know, a, a trade paperback out of it. Uh, there's a lot going on during the slow burn, and and I just think this is such a, an incredibly well paced story as it as it develops and as your the tension just keeps building and building with it. Uh, the well, artwork. You know, by the nature of the inking, is kind of inconsistent. But I think Buscema actually brought, you know, a lot to the table on this one. And I think most of it fell in his lap because I think the inkers were trying to, you know, to be as consistent as they could with their own style. So they were they were kind of uh, not trying to impose their own wills on it and letting Buscema's pencils kind of carry the day. And uh, I think he did a pretty good job with it, all things considered. So I, and and the cover by Perez and Austin is awesome. So uh, I don't know if we're giving this grades, but all around, I like this book a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't really think. I guess we have been given grades, but I know we've been really high on the on them. And and I, you know, 
Yes, we had uh, one, two, three, what, four, five, a, a bunch of different anchors. So you could say, well, it wasn't consistent, but still, it was still, it was all still kind of held together by the pencils. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it real quick. I, I think it's an A, a cover. I think it's an A story, and I think it's probably a solid A minus pencils, but brought down to a B by the inconsistency of the fact that they had to have so many anchors. I agree with that. Yeah, and and one other thing that I want to point out, and <clears throat> excuse me, I know we, uh, um, you know, back back when reading these older issues that we've got all these storylines going on and and nowadays I know we harp on this. Everything's written for the trade six issues or seven issues or five issues and out. And this is actually what we start at 167. We're going to go at least to 177. So we've got like 10, 11 issues, but even all through this, there's still other storylines from other things going on that have been interwoven and that'll, and other, and like we saw in this issue, we have a storyline that's being introduced that will finish after this storyline is done. And I maybe I mean maybe comics nowadays are doing still doing that, but I don't really think they are to this extent. Except for like on a grand scale, like maybe Hickman's run to with the building of how they finished up the Marvel Universe with Secret Wars. You know, with that whole with the convergence stuff. You know, you could say that that's been a long Art, but that's what's building to a massive end, and then it had a stopping point where this is multiple storylines interwoven through the comics, so that you're reading and it's and it's organic and it builds. And there's no okay, we've got this six issue block, this six issue block, this six issue block, and maybe I'm just ranting and raving because it's tired. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Then on that note, unless anybody has anything else on this issue. I think Scott's falling asleep. No, I'm 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 here. Okay. No, I really enjoyed this one. I don't know if I, I could really give it proper uh, proper letter grades. And I mean, I think the story's fantastic. Uh, the art was uh, pretty wonky just because of the you know the the many hands thing and everything. But it, it still held up really well for me. And uh, I'm a sucker for a good cliffhanger, and I like the cliffhanger in this where it's revealed that uh you know that it is the collector, which. You know, I know that now. I don't know if I knew that as a kid reading this. I I don't remember if I even knew this. May very well have been my introduction to the collector. I really don't remember, mm. but uh, you know, I, I like that character. I think this so. was my first introduction to the collector, and I think maybe the next major one that I remember was in the Silver Surfer series in the '90s, the opening of that with the and and the stuff with the Infinity Gauntlet basically right right so so next time on an all new avengers spotlight we'll be doing issue 174 moving closer to the end of the korvac saga thank you so much for listening to our show and we hope you'll join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back issue awesomeness You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by visiting the Two True Freaks section of www.forumforgeeks.com. 
Back to the Bins is produced in association with the Two True Freaks podcast, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com and is a registered trademark of DiManzocor of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Back to the Bins is a proud member of both the League of Comic Book Podcasts, which you may find at comicbooknoise.com league, and also the Comics Podcast Network, which you may find at comicspodcasts.com. Take a moment to stop by their respective sites and support their other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. I, I don't know. That's going to see. That's the, you know, this is always the, every two, every two, two months I go into uh, deep evil hibernation because of work.